Hey, welcome to episode 11 of Lori Talks. This is a conversation with me and my friend, Julie Swift. She called into the show after listening to, I think it's episode five, I'm not sure, but a conversation I had with a caller named Chloe, and it was about being in the zone. Julie calls, is it true? Is what true? Is what you said on that podcast, is it true, Lori? Is what true? Is it true that you've never been to the zone? Yes. So I assured her that it was true, and she said, I may have a few suggestions for you. I thought, okay, let's go. So what you're about to hear is the middle of the conversation where Julie begins to offer me tips on my very own on-stage performance blue situation. Julie is the owner of Manhattan Dance Academy and director of Dancing Divas and Dudes. Here's the call. Yeah. Hey, so this is what I wanted to ask you. Okay, so this right here, you said that you can teach someone how to go into the zone. And I want to know, how would you do that? Well, um, I mean, there are no guarantees, but I would definitely say um, that it should be done with a shorter dance. I never really like to see people dance for too long. I always want to, you know, feel like the audience should want more instead of, you know, thinking, gosh, I wonder when this is going to be over. So um, then you have a shorter amount of time that you really, really, really have to practice on your choreography until you're really, really seasoned. You cannot go to that blissed out zone place until you are really, really, really practiced. You know, for some people, that means writing it down and figuring out all the counts. For other people, it means just doing it over and over and over again. You know, you've got your music and your earphones and you're listening to it all the time like that. That dance becomes part of your life. And, um, you know, you could do that in the grocery store. Now, it might not look just great, but you could go through it without getting distracted or forgetting what comes next. If your teacher says to start at this point in the dance and go through the end, you could do that. If they say this step after that, when is that? When is that in the music? Like, you know that dance backwards and forwards. I never will forget my friend telling me about running into Drew Barrymore at a store and um and she was going through her lines with her friend and um and they were just walking through I think it was either like it was an art store way downtown. Uh and you know, she was just saying her lines while she was walking through the store and they were rehearsing their lines. That's how dropped down into the dance and the choreography you need to be. And then I would also say that, and then you also, you know it, you can't get lost so you can go in the zone in your brain and not worry about forgetting your dance. And then secondly, it also makes you more confident too. Mm -hmm. You know, I always get a kick out of, you know, when someone's like, oh, you know, praise them more. They'll be more confident. I had this cute student one time and she was like, yeah, my old teacher was so busy praising me. I never learned anything. And she was only like in third grade. I was like, oh my God, you're really smart. That is hysterical. 
She's like, yeah, all she kept telling me was how good I was. And I, she never gave, she never taught me anything. I was like, oh, so kids know instinctually if they are good at something or not. And so the only way you get good at something is practicing. And then I also think if you know someone's going to tell you the truth, like I'll joke with my dance kids, I'm like, you know, really push this. Go as far as you want because you know that I'm going to tell you before you get on the stage and do it in front of a lot of people if it doesn't look good. So you have a safe place here because you know I'm going to tell you, we can't do that. You don't want to do that in public. So I think feeling safe and like feeling like you have someone that will tell you the truth, it definitely increases that. And then you can go into the zone and you don't forget. And then for me, I think a lot of visualization and, you know, you need to do your acting exercises, like where are you dancing? Um, who are you dancing for? My cute dog is just really, really nuzzling next to me and I'm getting distracted. His name is Harrison. And, um, and then for me, this is just me, but a prayer always helps me. But that is not something, you know, that I would necessarily tell a student, but that's just me from my performing days. Um, I also think that you need to really like fall in love with your body and, um, and its lines and, and all it. But again, back to practice. What do you think, Ms. Johnson? Wow. That was pretty impressive. And it all makes perfect sense. So thank you very much. I will take what you said under advisement. There's no other way. Well, and it also keeps you out of your head. It's like being on Broadway or something. Like, you know, it's not like doing film and TV, which I've never done. But, you know, you get to have take after take after take. But, you know, you, you, you've blissed out. I'm, I'm certain of it. What do you mean? No, no, trust me. I haven't even come close. No, 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 no. I promise you. It's, it's, it's almost nightmarish for me in my head being on stage. Now, when I'm on stage with other people, I'm fine. But when I'm by myself, ah, uh, it's, it's not agony, but it's, there's no joy. And I'm trying to get to that joy because I know there's a talent there. And the only way to display that talent is through some kind of interconnection and joy. And that's what I'm searching for. And I'm determined to find it. And the reason I know I'm determined to find it, because when I moved to Los Angeles, if you listen to any of the stories that I tell about how I got the job on Tremaine, I always talk about how one of the things I really asked for was, oh, God, wouldn't it just be great if I could have an opportunity to perform so I could work on my performances? And here it is, almost 21 years later, and I'm still saying and having the same exact prayer. And I keep going back on stage. That's the real kicker right there. And I don't need anyone to tell me how my performances are. When I'm exiting a venue and families and kids all scream at me, after I've come off stage, we love your tap shoes. That's enough. So thank you. And you know how you said kids know what they're good at? We're no different as adults. But that doesn't mean that we stop trying 
or trying to label it. But guess what? You want to hear something really interesting? I think I just figured out where it came from, and I think it could be stage fright. Now, I hope you don't argue with me on this, but hear me out. I was that kid, I remember it vividly, a performance, I hear your dog in the background, a performance where I was the five-year-old on stage and I was supposed to be singing and moving, no, I wasn't having any part of it. And all the adults were screaming at me from all the corners of the world, from the audience, corner one, stage left, upstage, spots, everyone, and I wouldn't move. And I don't know what happened after that. Like, I don't remember exiting stage. I don't know if I was reprimanded. I have no idea. I remember that moment. And there's a picture of it as well. I don't know if that's really the connection. Who knows? And who, you know what? I really don't need to find out. All I know is I'm determined to find that place of bliss on stage and being in the zone. God knows I've judged enough competition numbers that I've seen it. And I know when it's real. And well, you know what? I remember I was going to say, you know, um, I mean, and this is so not to blame our our dance school teacher moms because they were great and I loved being in the dance school. But I always felt like my dance was the last dance to be choreographed. I'd be learning mine the night before the recital. Um, and then, you know, the and and so I never like got, you know, a mom that was like, practice, do this, do that. Let me see, you know, because like, she's like, you're talented, you've got it. I'm not worried about you. It's all these other kids that I'm worried about. <laughs> you know, so. But then they'd be disappointed if you weren't fabulous. And I'm like, but I'm like, you're looking back, I'm like, I'm seven. Like, and I really didn't, wasn't given any choreography. (laughs) I forgot we're both dance studio owner daughters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was also thinking about, you know, and I've discussed this with you, you know, I had that, that problem with my landlord and it just really sent me over the edge and uh, my ADHD really came out and I've always been, you know, smart enough that it was never an issue and, you know, I did well in school and things like that. But, you know, when I would learn dance stuff, I would practice on it like crazy and I remember doing it my first show and it you know we had rehearsal from like nine to five and like I'd be asking my friends to practice with me and they're like you know what practice at home like they were like kind of looking at me like I was crazy and at that point I realized like for them they never had to practice as much as I did like they never did and um and you know the distractions are so great for me like there I could go into an audition and if there was there were distractions going on I couldn't learn that combination if my life depended on it and um whereas I had to help myself with distractions so I if I could learn it you know and then just practice it like crazy but that's all I knew because Mm -hmm. otherwise I couldn't remember it and like I'd notate it and write it down and have my counts Um, it's part of what makes me such a good teacher now um, because I had to have those things like it wasn't an option for me to be able to remember it any other way It, it just was not now it all makes sense when I see the kind of teacher that you are, yeah, okay, now it all makes sense. Yeah. And have you had ADHD all your life? Most definitely. Oh, okay. And you said that most times you keep it under control? 
I knew everyone always said it was anxiety, you know, that I would just get so nervous because I wanted, you know, to dance so much. And, um, but, you know, I, I never really felt like that was it. I, I shouldn't say that because I did believe, you know, I did believe it and I try to meditate beforehand and do, you know, anything that I could do. But I will say one good thing about it was it made me work so hard and not in a bad way, just, um, you know, because I had to know it, I can get to that blissed out place wicked quick. Can you get out? Can you get to that place in rehearsal as well? Once I know it. Okay. But okay. while I'm learning, I cannot. But once I know it, um, and sometimes it's hard for me to, like, if it's longer, I remember there's a teacher in New York City, um, and his combinations, he taught every day from 4.30 to 6, and his combinations would go on forever. Oh, my God, they were, like, three and a half minutes long. He's a gentleman that has lots of abs. Um <laughs> and uh, those uh, those combinations, I'd have like the first minute and a half, and then after that, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't remember anymore." <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's always been there, always. Well, you know what? Thank you very much. You know, because let me tell you, I get so many parents. I can't tell you the number of parents during a Tremaine dance convention weekend who walk up to me and say. How do I get my daughter or son to be more? And I almost want, I stop them and I say, outgoing on stage. And they always say, yes, how did you know? <laughs> and then I try to explain to them my own struggles and how it's none of their business. Let them enjoy dance the way they are enjoying dance. And if they're in the back line, leave them alone. They're probably just fine. Everyone, you, just like you said, we kind of have a sense of where we belong so thanks so much for your input. I really appreciate your suggestions. I'm going to put them into practice, and we'll follow up. I want to tell you a, another fun story. I remember I was probably, I was maybe in college, and my mom and my sister came and got me, and you were in I was in the teacher room, and my, or we were all left the teacher room, and we were in Dallas at Tremaine, and I need to restart this, and maybe we can edit this out or whatever so I can make it better. Okay, so <laughs> my mom and my sister and I are at a dance convention, and my mom comes and gets us. My mother is now 90, um, comes and gets us, and is like, you're not going to believe this. It's unbelievable. And you were on stage in the senior room at Tremaine, and your feet were moving so fast, and nobody had seen anybody dance like that before, because, you know, you're the beginning of, you know, of this kind of, you know, tap dancing phenomenon, uh, you know, especially on a convention, uh, you know, for, to, for people to see. And they're like, just go, we're just going to go watch. And we just stood there right by the stage, just staring at your feet. <laughs> Good times indeed. Yes. Oh, so definitely. Was, but it was your definitely. first convention you had ever taught. And they were just in awe of you. And I think the whole car ride home, that's all we did was talk about you. I mean, it was just... It was just baffling. Wow. You know, it had not been 
it had not been brought into like the dance world at that time. Your kind of tap dancing. I do know what you mean. And you are saying it exactly right. Or as Doug Caldwell would like to tell me, tap class was, before you came on, Laurie, tap class was another lunch hour. <laughs> That's what he'd always tell me. <laughs> he said tap class was another break for a convention. But <laughs> that was before me. So ever since he told me that, that was my motivation for each of my classes to get kids to take tap class and to enjoy like I enjoy when I'm teaching, I can go into a zone there, but we're not talking about that. Thank you very much for helping me create episode 11 of the podcast that is called Lori Talks, and you and I are going to follow up with each other real soon. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that call. But guess what? I have a confession to make. She did not call into the show. I was just showing off when I said that because it just sounded so good. Like she called into the show, like really. But if you could see me right now, so you know, I just moved. So all the drapes and heavy curtains that you've seen in videos, they're all draped on top of me. And I'm inside of a box inside of like the luggage cart at the hotel, skycap cart, inside there, and you can still hear a lot of background noise. But you know what? Who needs perfection? But I do need you to call me. So on Wednesdays, I'm going to open the phone lines. You can call, and there'll be intermittent times on Insta where I'll just say, hey, the phone lines are open. And of course, if you have my cell, well, then just call. I mean, that's what Julie did, as I already confessed. I'm saying too much. Lori Talks Moscow. Goodbye. Adios. Sing. Oh, raise your hand if you've ever heard me say, you're a fantastico. You are.